Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Cheeky Vibe, Peaceful Life. My name is Lauren Mazadonsky. And my name is Michelle Moss. And we are- Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It, good. Good to, good to get together. As usual, we uh, start talking together before we record, and we both just vomit all these things that are in our heads. And <laughs> thank you for being my support, because I've had- you know, it's always crazy that it's a Monday morning at nine o'clock and I've already had like a 12 hour day in before I even get on to start recording <laughs> and um, emotionally, a little emotionally drained. It's been a lot going on recently. Um, so how have you been staying calm recently? Oh, wait, I got to say this. Lauren and I get on Zoom a lot of times because we're both so busy. And this time when Lauren popped up on her zoom call what i see and i'm going to start using this regularly is a background of ocean and beach and palm trees and it's in motion so it looks like she's sitting on the beach so who knew that we could do this you know i love it i mean it seriously like lowered my blood pressure i'm like oh i'm just gonna own this all day for all of my zooms i'm just gonna be at the beach the palm trees blowing in the wind yeah who knew who knew that this was and you found it serendipitously it's not like you planned it, right? No, no, I didn't even know where the heck that was, <laughs> but I stumbled upon it. So apparently I need to be at the beach today. So yes, it's giving you that vibe, but it's making me feel happy too. Um, but so we sort of today thought about talking, um, as we were talking, we, it kind of came up that sometimes we see something, hear something, it could even be a commercial or something we're reading in a book that speaks to us and it could come from anywhere. And a lot of times I'll see something or Lauren will see something and we'll write it down or we'll talk about it. But I'm sure that our listeners have done that, whether you're going through Facebook and you see something that speaks to you, hopefully it's not all the negativity that speaks to you because there's a heck of a lot of that out there too, right? Yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. So finding the inspirational stuff is good. And so I found this um, quote recently that spoke to me and not just for me, but it spoke to me, speaks to me per personally, but it also is something that I can use for clients that I'm going to share with them. Um, those people pleasers out there, which we're both people pleasers, right? Hey, I'm doing much better. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm learning when I need to say no, when it doesn't, when it doesn't feel good. Well, I, I need to, as much as I preach it, I need to continue to learn better boundaries with that. But this particular quote says, try replacing I'm sorry with thank you. So instead of saying, sorry, I'm late, say thank you for waiting for me. That's replacing the negativity with positivity and gratitude. And it breaks the I'm sorry cycle and it's powerful. So I am notorious of saying, I'm sorry, or, you know, even when it's not mine to own, I don't know. What do you think about that? Have you heard of that? No, I think it's great because it changes the way that it even feels in your own body. Yeah. You know, like, because if you just are like, oh, I'm sorry, like that feels bad. But if you can say it in a different way, like how you said, say, thank you for, you know, waiting for me, like it feels positive. You can get there and do what you need to do instead of feeling guilty the whole time. Like, oh, I was late and this and that, like you can make it a whole story. Right. And instead it turns into a gratitude. Like you said, you know, that's, it's, it's something that's positive. And I think that that takes that maybe the angst out of the other person. If you are a person who's always late, thank you for waiting for me, or, you know, it kind of changes that dynamic. Um, and also it goes to the, the, 
the women that I work with, a lot of times it's women who are with narcissistic type men um, who always own the I'm sorry's, you know, it's not theirs to own. And, and they, they constantly are saying, I'm sorry for this, or I'm sorry for that. And of course, give us an example. Um, I'm sorry that the kids are being loud. I'm sorry that the dog is barking. I'm sorry that the neighbor, you know, stacked some wood on our yard. I mean, stuff that is not theirs to own. Yeah, but, I can but, relate to that. But saying that, I'm sorry, is trying to deflect the anger, um, de-escalate the situation. I mean, that's, I know that's why I do it. I've said, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you're saying, I'm sorry. Cause you're afraid the other person's going to be mad or blow up. Right. Yeah. But the problem is when you do that so many times, um, then the other person does start just pointing the finger at you and blaming you. It's always, it's always going to be your fault because you're owning it. Even when it's not your fault, you know, that goes back into those, some of those negative cycles, but, um, yeah. Do you think that's like an insecurity for the person who says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Insecurity or protection. Like, like if your kids, if, if you're protecting your home environment and your husband's volatile and you don't want him to fly off the handle and you're sorry about the neighbor doing something wrong or somebody cutting them off on the road, like when you're driving it, it's, then they have their, it's deescalating it. You're owning it maybe it'll calm them down. You know, it's just like walking mm-hmm. with eggshells, you know, when, when you're constantly in fight or flight mode, you're going to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, I have a lot of women that have been with abusive men. And I, and again, I always say women and men, women with abusive men and, or men that are narcissists, women can be abusive and women can be narcissistic, but the people that come into me that are nine times out of 10 are the women that have been in those situations and they're in fight or flight mode. And so they're, constantly walking on eggshells. So if they say, I'm sorry, they're hoping to deescalate that person from going into those abusive situations, which we've done that podcast on all the different kinds of abuse. It's not just the physical stuff, but um, I think that I'm sorry really plays into that. And also for me, when I was working at North High School in Akron, in inner city Akron, and I was a therapist out there for 10 years, Sometimes I use that as an opportunity to role model appropriateness for the clients I was walking down the hall with. Maybe I would bump into somebody or somebody would bump into me and I'm say, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. And the other person would be like, oh, no problem. Now, nine times out of 10, if somebody would have done that to one of my clients, what do you think would happen if somebody bumped into them? It turns into like a it, fight. Yeah, I was going to say, it turn into a fight. <laughs> or an altercation and I'm role modeling. It doesn't matter. Sometimes just taking the high roads, okay. So I think I, I do that. I say, I'm sorry in those kind of instances just to try. And it is, it's still a de-escalation. I mean, I think people use that, but then there's guilt along with it. It's negative instead of being positive, you know, like you said. No, definitely. I think, um, you know, if you are someone that's, used to saying sorry a lot. Cause I think I used to do that. Um, just from some of the things you explain in relationships, but I would say, you know, just to be more self-aware, maybe if you know that you do that, stop yourself and ask, like, do I need to be saying sorry in this situation? Right. So that way you can kind of like think through it mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like, like you said, like the negative and the positive, how can it, how can it feel for you more positive and come off more positive? Right. And I think that that goes to cognitive therapy, um, you know, thinking before you 
you know, hitting that pause button and thinking before we do the same old cycle. And like I've been telling on these different professional development things I've been doing lately, it takes 66 times to make a new habit. And so wow. that's yeah. stopping yourself over and over again from saying, I'm sorry, and, and or noticing and, you know, when you said, I'm sorry, and then maybe journaling about it, what could I have said differently? Or how could I, how could I do that? Or was that mine to own? Or why do I say I'm sorry? You know, some of those questions just for some introflection and say, why am I doing this? You know, no, absolutely. Because if it takes that many times to change a habit, it's not going to be something you can just fix overnight. Or if you do that a lot to your partner and you, you know, if you talk about those things, maybe they can kind of help you through it. If they catch you and you're not even aware, sometimes you do those things. You're like, Oh, I didn't even realize I did it. It's such, it's such a habit of doing it that you have to have the new habit to undo it. Right. And then on the flip side, if I have a couple and sitting in front of me and, and one of the, like some, one of them is a, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a people pleaser. And the other ones never said, I'm sorry. That might be gaining some insight that if it is yours to own, it's okay to own it. Yeah. And say, I'm sorry. It doesn't always have to be to the people pleaser person. Well, the other side of it, that was something that definitely took some work, but I think with building confidence in me, it felt better that I could start owning it and having those harder conversations to apologize and know that we're human. We're not, we're not meant to be perfect. Right. Right. But the other side of it, it definitely took gaining that confidence and me as a person to be able to have those conversations. Right. So I don't want our listeners to mishear us that we never want to say we're sorry. If we've done yeah, something no. that deserves to be said, I apologize for this. That's one thing. But if you're saying it to deflect or to, or because it's just a habit of saying it when it's not yours to own, really thinking about, is there something I need to be sorry for? And then again, this example was instead of saying, I'm sorry, turning it into a, 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 a a positive way, you know, I'm, instead of, I'm sorry, I'm late. Thank you for waiting for me, which is, you know, changing it up. Cause that is something that maybe you need to apologize for. <laughs> it may be something you need to learn about. Do I need to get up half an hour earlier? Or do I need to yeah. leave the house 15 minutes earlier? You know, I'm sure you can think of people in your head that are always late. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. I try not to. And then sometimes when my family gets on me about it, I'm like, look, I'm getting three, really three girls ready. And as my girls get older, comes more things, you know, their hair, they need some lip gloss or chapstick or, you know what I mean? It's like all the things. Yeah. Um, so that's me. I definitely tried to add more time. So I'm not late. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it does ebb and flow and adjust as you, as you, they grow, but, um, yeah, you gotta have the right shoes. Mom, you picked out the wrong shirt. Like, yeah. Time well, this is, is this is my funny. Friend. And it's funny too, like, um, this, this has nothing to do necessarily with what we talked about other than being late, but, um, it's funny because we talk about, you know, get going to church and getting to church and you're sitting there in the pew or in the chairs and everybody's looks happy. And the ride to church was a nightmare and everybody uh -huh. was fighting and getting the kids ready and getting everybody out the door and you're screaming in the car and you get to church and like, Oh, <laughs> we're here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We all go through that. It's normal. And it's everyday life, but, um, yeah, that's usually us getting out the door for school these days. Cause it's like, you need your Chromebook, you need your mask, you need your water bottle, you need your book bag. It's like, oh, when I was young, it was just your book bag and you just went out the door. Now it's like, oh my gosh, so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Things are definitely changed. How are your girls doing in school? Good. Adjusting, adjusting and yeah, they're very happy. They both love their teachers. So that's good. I was really excited. I finally got to go to like a school um, holiday party. 
That's so fun. That's, that was really fun. Oh, the Halloween one. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Did you dress? And she up? was happy that I went. It wasn't. Did I tell you that how she was so worried about me, what I was wearing? She was afraid I was going to embarrass her. All oh the things goodness. I was like, this is happening already in third grade. But then once I went, she was fine. And she's like, I'm happy you're here. I'm like, good. I wasn't going to embarrass you. But <laughs> I, once I, once she got all like that, I was like, well, geez, if you're going to act like you don't know me, then maybe I will embarrass you. Oh, I used to go through that with Ben. Um, well, even Megan, when she was younger, but um, and I think I've said this before, I, you know, Ben would get to that point where it's, I don't remember what grade it was where he wanted me to drop him off at the bottom of the hill instead of the top of the hill at school, whatever, until it got to the point where um, I would purposely embarrass him or dance in the aisle at the grocery store or something. And, and now instead of being embarrassed, he's like, mom, you can't embarrass me. I said, oh, don't you throw that. Oh, I love it. But now he'll dance with me in the grocery store or, you know, he just kind of embraces when I'm being weird, which is most of the time. And that is one thing we don't have to be sorry about. I will (laughs) own who I am. And if she doesn't like it, that's tough. Yeah. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Gosh. All right. Well, again, um, noticing what speaks to you, that's part of this, this whole thing. You know, if there's something that speaks to you, let us know, you know, if there's a quote you see or something you hear, let us know. Find out maybe what the trigger is too. Yeah. Like I shared one with you that kind of hit me this last week I heard. Um, so yeah, kind of reflect on and see what about that is like something that maybe you need in your life or something, um, like with you, I don't know. Did you find that when you read that, was it more about your clients or was there something you felt like you needed to add that into your life? Yes. Both. <laughs> both. Yeah. So- I mean, it, it, I liked turning the positive, turning it into a positive. Um, and I, I took it further with the, you know, narcissistic person with the people pleaser. That's not really yeah. what it was about, but that kind of is like helping using that quote to help my clients who are in those situations to learn. You don't have to say, I'm sorry all the time you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to it. See, if you're listening to this today, pay attention. If there's a time that you say you're sorry and did you really need to say it? Yeah. And if you did need to say it, say it, but if you didn't, why are you saying it? Right. Or turn it into a positive. So yeah, that sounds good. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and um, we look forward. Thank you for listening. We are so grateful to have you with us. We We sure are. And as always stay cheeky.